Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Did what? That happened a couple weeks ago. I'm pretty sure that happened. It did not happen. I'm pretty sure at least there was some. She, she young maybe, Miss. Maybe young it Miss. didn't. Maybe it didn't come to uh, uh, <laughs> fruition. Well, yeah, but there was definitely there was definitely a little bit of pocket pool going on. No, see what had happened. I can find yeah. the video. It was, <laughs> it's what has happened was there's a misunderstanding because young Miss Jenny was not indeed. Uh, masturbating my man parts. I was <laughs> you did that really well up until you said that word, the M word, and you were like, and you couldn't get it out. <laughs> I can't. Well, that's been my problem for hand jobs for years. I just can't get it out. <laughs> so, hello and welcome to the 200th episode of Door Trek. My wife said something to me today when I told her. I was like, hey, we're recording the 200th episode of Door Trek today. And she was like, congratulations. And like a weird questionnaire. <laughs> You've wasted how many hours of your life on this show? And uh, <laughs> Jesus, right? No, it's pretty great. I'm really happy that we've been able to stay the course, if you will. Like we started, we had a vision. That vision changed somewhat. But it's still basically the same podcast as it was when we started 200 episodes ago. You know, I was talking to some friends of mine who actually listen to podcasts. We got no friends. Okay, so <laughs> I, I walked up to some strangers that I saw with headphones and said, hey, listen to podcasts. And they were like, please stop touching me. You're a bad friend. Then these pants up. Cold check. <laughs> Have you seen any vampires? But um, we're. And some werewolves but uh this other group of people who did listen to podcast when i told them that uh you know we were recording number 200 tonight they were shocked because that's you know usually around 100 is when you dwindle out and kind of fade it, it the, we're stubborn yeah well to be fair we did take a two-year break where we yeah. only we only recorded like maybe seven episodes but i will say and i can't say it enough like this Zoom uh, application on my computer machine saved the show. Like it, yeah. it really did because you can record everything in app. Um, it's just, it's wonderful, man. Like it really did because when we were having to sync up all four on Skype and people drop in and out and it's just, ugh. but this yep. thing, this thing really saved the podcast. So I feel like I should thank the people over at Trek FM because I would, when I really wanted to get going again, uh, I emailed those dudes um, and I said, Hey man, like, what do you guys use, you know, for your, uh, for your conferencing, for your meetings? Cause I tried to go to meeting and even that kind of sucked. Yeah. It was expensive. And he was like, we use zoom. And I was like, Oh, and yeah. here we are. So it's been really great. So, so that they did a really good job helping us uh, achieve this goal. Mm -hmm. And we helped them achieve their goal by giving them uh, jokes about, now, Ben, please. I mean, it's just, it's I all, mean, it's the trick. I think we did establish the two dick Klingons, though. I think that was, yeah, that was definitely us. So when I hear yeah. that on other shows, you know, that should be like patent pending. Um, two dicks patent pending and have like can, a little R on the dick. I can go back to the, actually, the other little penis could be R-shaped. Or the, the, the we can, 
you can go back and find it. But I mean, like, again, and I'm just glad we're still here again. We've been, this is 200 episodes. Um, I've been here for probably all of them, except maybe four or five. Uh, Anton comes and goes, but he's been really good lately. And Ben and Jenny have been, you guys have been solid contributors. So congrats to you guys. Thank you. We kind of dipped out. We were kind of like uh, Wesley. For a while, we wanted to pursue our movie career. Yeah, you guys were like you, you guys were Denise Crosby, <laughs> and then like Denise Crosby, we came back whether you wanted us to or not. No, no, we were <laughs> welcomed you with open arms. <laughs> so it's more, like, it's more like Beverly then. Yeah, this, this well, Beverly left for uh, sexual inherent reasons, wasn't it? Like she was being harassed. The, yeah, it's and that's funny. why we came back. Yes, yeah. to be sexually. <laughs> we weren't getting harassed on the other shows, and it was like, well, this is fucked up yeah it's like man i just missed the action yeah <laughs> i missed the attention you know bobby you and i weren't were almost not here this week oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah well, we had the honor and privilege of doing the uh tidewater comic con star trek panel and that was really fun oh yeah it was a really like i was i was i don't want to say flattered that you asked me to do it but i, I was happy that you asked me to do it ben what happened to your co-host well, okay, so first of all, I thought, you know, I'm the one who was flattered because when the showrunner, you know, Federale asked for Star Trek fans in the Hampton Roads area, you were one of the first to say, you know, have you talked to Ben McCormick? You're the, I mean, you're the A number one. You were kicked out of a of a costuming group for being too <laughs> I think there was like five of us that's like immediately said Ben. Yeah. Ben, Star Trek guy. Yeah. So would- I, I was honored. And then when... Uh, you know, situations happen. Uh, the person who was going to help me couldn't help me. And it was well, a, kind of a building thing through the morning. I was like, crap, this, I need to have a backup plan. And the first name that came to mind, since I could pick on my own now, was uh, Bob. Because when I think of Star Trek, and I think of Mr. Personality, and if I think of somebody who can keep me from being a jackass about Jar Jar Abrams, Mr. Positivity Bob. Uh, it's still really hard to do. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, nobody can do that. I kind of lost you there for a second. and Because <laughs> we were talking about the podcast. I mean, we were talking, we introduced ourselves, what we do. Ben was getting big laughs. Like, he's in his element in that, in that, in that environment, like the Trek fans. Like, he was killing it. And we introduced ourselves and who we were and what we did and when we got into Trek and stuff. And then um, Ben kind of kind of opened the door on the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, but then it was just quickly kicked in by the guy in the kilt and the, and the long hair. Yeah, I need, to hear, I need to hear about Kilt Guy. Because oh, I heard my. about Kilt Guy on Sunday, sort of. But if you recall, I was like half asleep. Dude. We, were, we were hanging out. So give me the Kilt Guy story, please. Dude. <laughs> okay, like, so there, I, I think there were broken bottles and possible knife injuries at the, when the riot started. Is, yeah. is, Holy shit. It was... How did it happen? Well, we were talking. The new series is coming up, right? Yes, the new series is coming up, and I believe that was the, the first point of his objection. Yes, was the new series, as as we all know, uh, the new series is coming out. Uh, I guess what in January of 2017. I'm really excited about it. I believe me we too. All- me too. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, um, this fellow, however, 
took exception to the fact that the show was going to be uh, on on the CBS All Access, which is their version of Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, because you have to pay to see it. And they're going to give you the first episode on CBS, and then after that, it's going to be paid for. It's going to be a paid thing, which, I mean... They're just going for the money. Okay, Bob? They're just going for the money. They're just going for the money. And nobody else is going to talk until you understand that they're just going for the money. Was that his 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 argument? It's a cash. His his argument was they're just going for the money. It's a cash grab. I remember him saying specifically cash grab. um, That that's not, yeah, it's just, it's not fair to the Trek fans. And I was like, dude, I mean, like, you know, this is the, it's, it's, it's about making money. Like that's what Viacom is in the business to do. Like they're not doing things for free. You know, could I spirit of Star Trek? Let me, let me postulate a theory here. Um, postulate away, friend. I will. Okay. So for the show. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I got an idea what, what might actually be, be happening. Hold on, man. Hold on. Right there. And then drop your head in to lance it. Hold on. I got to run to the can. I just pooped myself. <laughs> But okay, so so Legend of Korra, which and this will make sense in a second. So Legend of Korra was on Nickelodeon. Yes, it was moved from Nickelodeon in season three, I believe, to only being shown on the web. Mm-hmm. Um, the episodes continued on the web; they aired that way. Uh, and after the fact, it was because there was a lot of things that they considered maybe not accepted by what would be mainstream audiences, whether they're lifestyle choices that the characters made or, you know, action beats or story beats or whatever. Um, I would think with Roddenberry's vision, uh, what I love about Shrek, which is the all-inclusive thing, uh, maybe the proper venue for Shrek isn't TV, but is a streaming service where you're paying to watch it so that you're not getting as much backlash because it's kind of hard for people to bitch about something that they're, spending money on because then they can just stop spending money on it yes that's, that's a, watch the new episodes if that makes see, sense i think that's a good point anton but i think uh bob you made a really good point that you don't have to have the same audience yes right numbers wise yes because in my take on it, what i've been saying you know since the panel is that people who run television networks don't yet understand streaming but they know that hulu and netflix are doing it and they're getting a lot from that. So they want to get in on that. But they don't know what, you know, downloads and this and that. So Star Trek, if they have low ratings on Tuesday nights at 8, that's because Flash is on and, you know, they die. So they cancel it after six episodes. But if it's on all access and it's like, I don't know, it got 60 downloads this month. That, that sounds good. <laughs> You know, 60 is better than 50. All right, let's go. You know? so you That's my goal. 60 downloads. That's my shit right there. And, and part of it is, too, it's like they can actually quantify, like, in dollars. Like, if, if they have a certain number of subscribers to CBS All Access and then Star Trek comes on mm-hmm. and the number of subscriptions while Star Trek is on jumps from, let's say, like, pre-Star Trek, it's like 1,000. To post-Star Trek, it's 4,000. They can go, okay, well, we've added, you know, 3,000 new people at $9 a month. So this is definitely worth our investment. So they can just 
kind of funnel it that way and then, you know, not have to worry about pulling in 13 million people, 14 million people, 16 million people, the kind of numbers you need for a show to survive because it's very high and few shows make it out of the initial like six episodes. Yeah. And here's the other thing, like you said, quantifiable, you know how many downloads you get. You don't know how many people in America, you get an estimate from Nielsen or whatever, it's roughly accurate, but you know exactly how many people downloaded last week's episode. I mean, and that's something that, you know, I think with more and more of a shows moving to streaming, we're going to see as, as a metric, you know, that they pay attention to. Because there were, there were interesting questions, I think, that we could have asked about the new Star Trek series um, that were completely ignored because of the, the vacuum that was Kilt Guy. Um, like... <laughs> Is it going to be BBC style? Like, is it going to be like 12 season, 12 episodes a season? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it going to be the normal 26? Like, how are they going to run this thing? Like, I know I've heard that they're doing it week by week as opposed yeah. to dumping it all on at one day and then let people binge watch because they, I guess mm-hmm. they want to stretch it out because I guess they figure if it's 13 episodes, if they do a week to week, that's four months, I guess, that they would pay, that people would have to pay for, well, three and change, you know, I guess, yeah, because you get that 13th episode on the fourth month if they do my week. So you'd have to pay for four months of the service to get the whole season. See, I think that's going to be something that they look at is, I mean, are they going to let you do a a one-year contract or is it going to be a monthly fee? You know, like you, you can you can get nine ninety nine a month if you sign up for twelve months or something. Does anybody do a, a yearly thing other than Amazon? No, only Amazon does a yearly thing. From because what I, I will tell you, there is nothing on CBS I want to watch. That's it. But I've also heard that this is also going to be the the launch of like them running older shows. So like the Twilight Zone might be on the CBS. Okay. Right. So all the stuff that's from CBS's library Which, will. Which could be pretty killer. I mean, you know, they've got some some great history with television. Mm -hmm. It might be smart of them to actually, um, because I think a lot of the different streaming channels are going to start consolidating. So it'll be like if CBS has got streaming, they're going to pull their stuff from Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. And it's going to run just on their streaming station. And then if Fox is doing it, they'll pull theirs. Like they did with the, I think it's what, FFX or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But the weird part is it's like, you know, with with so many shows on so many networks, like you have to pay money to watch The Walking Dead. You have to pay money to watch uh, uh, The Americans. You have to pay money to watch Preacher now. You have to pay money to watch anything like uh, uh, Game of Thrones. You You have to pay money to do this. I mean, the only sh- the shows you watch for free are the ones you get over the satellite. I mean, the, the antenna, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So the idea that, you know, it's a pay-for-play is kind of, it's almost run-of-the-mill at this point. Well, yeah. here's, the, here's the kind of wacky thing. Uh, the wife and I, we don't, we don't watch TV. Like, it's not something we've done. Uh, we, we didn't have a Netflix account for a long time before we moved into our own place. Like, we didn't have a lot of the, the streaming stuff. It just wasn't an option. We'd, we'd occasionally watch a DVD or we'd listen to music, we listen to podcasts, whatever. When we moved in here and got all the streaming services, uh, we still didn't want to be, like, committed to a night we had to sit down and watch a show. Yeah, nobody does. That's the whole thing, right? right? Yeah, and the cra- but the crazy part is, the craziest shit happened uh, the show comes on Hulu with the James Franco, the the sixteen eleven twenty two sixty three, the the Kennedy assassination thing, uh, and that aired once a week. 
And, mm-hmm. and sure as shit, we got home from work every Monday night when that thing launched, sat down after dinner right. and watched a show. And I felt like I was being transported back to when, you know, I was like 16 and you yeah. for a show to come on. We, we were waiting for the show and then mad that we couldn't watch the rest of it. And we thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the TV dictate my schedule, but fucking next Monday night rolled around and there we are again. And yeah. I know as much as I buck against it, this Trek thing happens, the show comes out weekly. My dumbass is going to sit right there, try to convince you guys to be on some sort of Skype with me so we can all watch together because I'm a nerd. Uh, and that's just going to be how this plays. Like, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I like watching TV on my own schedule with Netflix or with the DVR or whatever. I really miss back in the day when like, you knew that your show came on at this day at this time and everybody was watching it. And then and the, the next, next day, day everybody you go to school about and everybody's talking about it. Well, the problem I feel now is especially shows like that, that 16, whatever the hell it was awesome. I loved it. But with, show, with shows like that or with like uh sorry, the cat ran over the computer. I are you all over the? Or you were you were just attacked by like moth. <laughs> <laughs> but with a lot of stuff that comes out now, I feel like or, or like uh, binging Daredevil or binging Jessica Jones. If I don't, I don't give that much of a shit about spoilers. But at the same time, I feel like there are plot points. If I'm going to dedicate X amount of time to a show, mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to tell me the entire plot in a fe- Facebook news feed or some yeah. Twitter post yeah. or some comment on BuzzFeed or something in the next six hours because you know fudgy from california has you know stayed up on whatever he's cracked out on and watched everything and is live blogging it i'm like what the hell are you doing like i want to watch the show too yeah i actually Uh, hate binging now like i just feel like you don't get to just enjoy the the show at a nice pace well we we still let things simmer yeah you still let it settle you you'd you'd watch it and then you had a week to kind of process it and be like, oh my god, what was you know going on with this and what was that? Mm-hmm. And now it's there's no cliffhangers because you can just watch the next one. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are cliffhangers, but it's to get you to watch the next one. Like when I was binging uh, Breaking Bad, it was just like and next and next and and since Jenny was ahead of me on Breaking Bad, she would be like, oh yeah, don't start the next one because you have to watch the one after that if you watch the yeah. next. See, like when Stephanie and I watched Lufa, um, we would only watch like one episode at a time because it was really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, Luther is really like, it's emotionally involved. Granted, if he had a gun, we wouldn't have any of these problems because he would just shoot the bad guys. <laughs> Those are your dumb English police officer laws with your stupid whistles and your <laughs> hats. But like, yeah, we would just decompress after watching Luther. Like we would watch it and go, ugh. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wait a night or two, but like, yeah. I mean, I think the last show I watched in a traditional sense like that was Heroes, the first season of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Steffi and I were watching. Um, we we didn't start watching it till about episode four or five, and we were like, "Wow, this is awesome!" And then what we did was we just went back on iTunes and bought the first four, watched those, and then watched from that point on. Granted, we stopped pretty quickly in the second season, but we watched that. <laughs> every week and it was awesome so like i think there's something to be said about the the merit of it you know once mm-hmm. it to be fun but like this dude was just just livid about it and i was Can, you know i was like okay buddy let's you know and then again when your show is streaming like that you don't need to pull the numbers to stay on network television because the worst yeah. thing that they could do is get a 24 share 
for week one because everybody's jazzed and then for week two it drops to like a six then you're going to get canceled by week four and then you're not going to get the whole season so at least this way we're guaranteed to get the whole season which is pretty dope well can i can i go ahead and say that culture the night stalker oh my god 33 share and a 50 well no a 33 rating and a 54 share that was like when there was like three channels yeah that's what I mean, my thing is, I want to apologize to all of you on the show, including, you know, hopefully Manny and Dennis listen to this, and anyone who's ever been on Dork Trek with me in the past, you know, 15 years that we've been doing it, that, uh, you know, I'm, like, I know how much I hate Jar Jar Abrams, in which I really loved that that started spreading through the con. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was awesome. Like, I made that a thing, finally. But... He, like how you guys are compared to me, is how I am compared to him. Yes. And that dude's crazy. Like, you think I'm crazy? You no, that say, dude's crazy. Yeah. He, like, I was like, you know, there were a couple times, Bobby can tell you, I was like, dude, I got it. You can come by my table after the panel. I hate him as much as you. I don't think so because he That's was angry. He would burn Jar Jar's house down. Yeah. But like, it's, kinda, it's the difference between using like a feather duster in bed and a whole chicken. Yeah, basically, you know, like it was, and that was just the beginning of it. And, and then it just, it just steadily got worse. Like the conversation, it turned really angry, angry, really fast because I, you know, like I stuck up for Abrams. Like I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you know, we wouldn't be even be getting this TV show if it wasn't for the success of the films. Mm-hmm. And, and that is true. I mean, like yeah. the first two, oh. the first two movies had made enough of an impact, made enough of a dent that they were like, okay, we can make money doing this still. And I think, and, and I said it in the panel and I'll say it here, Star Trek works better as series as opposed yes. to a movie. Because when you're doing a movie, you have to go big tent yeah Mm -hmm. and that's what these jar jar abrams movies the jj abrams films these new star trek movies they're big tents they try to get everybody in with the explosions and the hot chicks and 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 all this stuff they try to get everybody in they can so if they do do a series they know that audience will dwindle away but at least they made their 500 million box office worldwide yeah you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, and I don't think people understand that so much, you know, that like they just, they're just kind of, they're wearing blinders with, with, with the vision that Roddenberry had. And even so much so one of the guys in the panel was saying, and he was still, you know, very passionate and animate about it. But his argument was like, um, Roddenberry wasn't interested in money. Like Roddenberry was interested in social change and he wanted to bring about this better life for people in general and making, and then money wasn't important to him. And I said, if that was the case, he would have donated all of the proceeds to charity for the show. I mean, granted there is the Gene Roddenberry foundation. Yes. And I'm sure they've done cool stuff for people, but I mean, make no mistake. If you're a creative person, if you are uh, uh, someone who's trying to produce you want to a make money and b make more product. Yeah, you know, like See, that's the goal, like to make more things to diversify yourself. So you're just doing stuff. I think. I mean, I can't recommend enough that people watch uh, Chaos on the Bridge while it's on Netflix. The the yeah, it was awesome. I saw it. It was great. 
And one of the things that they highlight, though, was that toward the end, Gene started believing his own press. Yes, very much so. Where he was this, you know, the great bird of the galaxy with this new way of understanding, you know, mankind and this positive hope for the future, which is a great message for Star Trek. But he felt like he was, you know, maybe if he had been in better health, we would have had a Scientology-like, you know, church started for Star Trek. Well, there were some members in the audience on Saturday <laughs> or Sunday at Tidewater Comic Con. I mean, like, I get it. Roddenberry's a cool dude. He was a futurist. Yes. Yeah. Still, he is in the business of commerce. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. primarily trying to tell a story to make money, you know. To tell more stories. He, yeah, and he worked the social change into the story, and that's great, but that was... I don't think that was his Well, and something that I didn't get to bring up uh, with all that was going on is, uh, you know, when you talk about how much Gene Roddenberry contributed, um, the, the, the uh, Japanese zeros are buzzing the house at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's the um, it's the Gene Army outside there. Yeah, it's it's kilt guy has his his quasi Scottish Air Force buzzing our house to take us down, send help. But no, uh, it's the other Gene that people really need to think about. And that was Gene L. Kuhn, who uh, was the uh, other you know, producer on the show. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff that we consider to be Star Trek was his idea. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much like the Bill Finger to Bob Kane. Yes, very much so. That's a great. That's a great way. Great to Great analogy, at it. man. That was good. You have he, no, yep, yep. That's a good. That's a great argument. And you have no idea, though, and just not to sidetrack too much, how happy I am that that lawsuit finally got settled and Bill Finger is starting to get credit now. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what Ben's talking about, um, I'll let Anton explain because you're the resident Batman expert, Anton. Okay, so um, Bob Kane is always credited in creating um, Batman. So, like, he's the person that you know. Um, he's the face. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the the. This is the dude that's in charge of um, of everything. You know, he's the he's the guy that created Batman from beginning to end. He's the guy that did it. What a lot, a lot of people don't realize is that it takes multiple people to to make comic books. And uh, and Bill Finger at least two at least two to tango and uh, and and you know Bill Finger Milton to his uh, to his mother um, Bill Finger was uh, you know he was a, an influential uh, comic creator and yes really, he put a, a crap ton of um, he, he's the guy that had the idea essentially as as I've always learned it um, he's the guy that had the idea for the character called Batman um, and and he would send drawings and and kind of he's the guy that helped to shape who Batman is, the look of Batman, what we know is the icon that is Batman. I mean, Bill Finger created uh, Robin. He created the yeah. Joker. He created Batwoman. Batwoman. Like Bob, uh, Bob, Bob Kane's idea was just some guy who dressed right. and, that. and and Bill That's Finger kind of ended. <laughs> well, yeah, because he wanted to do a cowl instead of a domino mask. Because the domino yeah. mask was kind of the whole like uh, you know what what is it the Lone Ranger kind of style. Yeah. Style. And, 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 and Bill was like, you know, we need to do, we need to do a cowl. We need to give him, uh, you know, cape, uh, the gloves, uh, the costume, that, making it more theatrical, making it more fearsome, like monsterish, you know, with the, the thing that is Batman, that iconic uh, fear that he instills in, in, in his, uh, you know, in the criminals of Gotham. It wasn't even Gotham originally. Um, yeah. but, but, 
like, this is all finger. That's all finger who, who kind of brought this all into being. And the yeah. problem is that, you know, you go back to what I would consider the, you know, the comic book, um, I don't want to call it like a renaissance, but like I'm younger. So what I remember is like the, the Tim Burton movies. Yes. And you see, uh, you see Bob Kane's name plastered everywhere. And he's in the movie. Like he, yeah, yeah. he's the guy who draws the original, uh, like police drawing of Batman. It's, it's Bob it's, Kane. Right. And he's like, what do you think of this? And the, the funny man is like, you know, the guy with the big face, uh, you know, he, he gives this little one line joke, but the thing is like, it, it feels like finger never really gets any, any recognition. Yeah, any, and, I, and I think, well, uh, is the, the exact kind of boat. Yeah, I agree. And just to, to follow up, though, real quick, Bill Finger, when he got tired of being screwed over by Bob Kane, he uh, hooked up with this other guy named Martin O'Dell, and uh, they worked on this Green Lantern character together. Right, that and one, that one character. Yeah. So it's and, and Coon was the thing, but the reason that we don't hear about Gene L. Coon with Star Trek is he died shortly after the show went off the air. <laughs> All day, every day. And, I mean, it was like, you know, so before the – because Star Trek went off the air in 69, shortly after we landed on the moon. huh? But um, there was like a gap there, and it started getting picked up in syndication. And then in the mid-70s, all of a sudden there's this explosion, and that's when I came into it, watching it, you know, in syndicated reruns in the second wave. And by that point, Gene – you know, Gene Alcoon was dead. Roddenberry was around, and he's – I mean, this is the guy, you know, everybody talks about how noble of a vision and this and that Roddenberry had. When Alex Courage wrote the theme song, which is a fully instrumental theme song for Star Trek, right? The right. Roddenberry insisted that there be lyrics and that Roddenberry write them. <laughs> so he would get 50% any time that song was played with or without the lyrics. And it was never recorded with lyrics. It was never performed. with. It's never had lyrics with it. I think one album he convinced Michelle Nichols to, to yeah. record a version of it. I would love to hear that. Yeah, and me that's too. that's it. You know, it's just, you know, some, these crazy spacemen on a Star Trek. Cash <laughs> grab. <laughs> but if you want to talk about cash grab, exactly. Every time you hear the Star Trek theme. That is the vision. Alexander. <laughs> yeah, cash grab. Yeah, my vision is I want to get paid so I can get hookers and blow. Yeah, and it's, it, yeah. and it's not like. And it, but it's not like Roddenberry stopped making television programs after Star Trek went off the air. Well, did he do like a drama and no, something else? But what I'm saying, it's it's not like he stopped and then decided to like, I'm going to go Elon Musk and then start building oh, like yeah. reusable energy and make some of this stuff happen that I've talked about in the show. And like, I'm going to start sending, you know, poor kids to colleges and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, like did that Elon Musk, Steve yeah. Jobs, the guys who watched the show and fell for this shit. Yeah. So it's, 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 is, I mean, Roddenberry, Roddenberry, Roddenberry to his credit is a great television man, but before Star Trek, if Star Trek never would have happened, he just would have been some guy who wrote some, that's it. Detective Stowe. Yeah. So like the, the Roddenberry praise was very heavy and very strong. Like and they even got into arguments about how, you know, uh, Deep Space Nine and, and stuff like that aren't considered Roddenberry's vision because, you know, the scoundrels that were Quark and, and people like that. But, I mean, like, you've got – I mean, but how closely can you stay to this vision? 
of you know 1968 society and keep it interesting for the yeah. people of you know 1986. That's another thing that came up that really kind of ticked me off with the discussion. And, and the listeners can can please post and argue with me on the Facebooks. But um, the whole thing about, oh, how the, the thing from TNG was stuck in, in the mentality of the 60s, it wasn't. The 60s Star Trek was America exceptionalism in space right it's the federation is space america and we got good christian values and you know they wanted one thing Roddenberry did do was keep them to, from putting american flags all over the place because that was one of the things the network wanted and they're like yeah there is no america in the future and that they lost their shit on that one but it was, it was space america it's space america with gunfights it's cowboys and, and engines shooting up some shit. Make America space again. <laughs> I'm making that <laughs> Make America space again. So, space as you come along to Next Generation, though, it got away from those Christian values in America and space, and they took more of a New Age approach. I mean, that the episode with Alexander and uh, Loxana in the mud bath episode – that shit is dripping with new age is yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah the whole series though was this new way of thinking you you had first of all how the hell can you be a republican and like this show because of all the communism in it this thing there's, is socialized everything there's no money there's no god there's no you know there's this is a john lennon song in action we're imagining the fuck out of it <laughs> it's just I, it changed. It did, and, I, and the thing is, it kind of, it kind of had to change. I mean, yes. Um, you know, the, the Roddenberry ideas, and again, this is chaos on the bridge. If you watch that, like the Roddenberry ideas of like all the crewmates get along, and there's none. It's it, there's no drama. There's yeah. no story. That you need conflict. Well, writer after writer was like, "How do you write this?" Yeah. You can't conflict is is the beginning of drama. Yeah, and you can't have a series without some kind of conflict. And, and the cool part about um, uh, Deep Space Nine, with what we're reviewing now, is I mean, it starts on conflict. You know what I mean? And like, and, it, and when you, we were talking about it yesterday, like Quark, who is a who is a mainstay on Deep Space Nine. Yep. I mean, he would be the alien villain of the week on yeah. on on TOS because yeah. he's a gambler, he's a smuggler, he's a you know he's a black marketeer. Like he has like this weird currency that he keeps. Like he's completely anti Star Trek. Yeah, but he makes the show work. He makes yeah. things interesting. God, <laughs> I love him. I do. Well, see, that I, was in, it. Keeps it in Roddenberry's vision. Because they're on the fringe. Yes. This is, you know, they're the Federation. And like I, I brought up with, the, you know, in the talk, there's an episode where one of his Academy friends comes back and is, is joining the Maquis. And it's because it's like, you, you know, you get soft on Earth. You forget how hard life is when you live in the Garden of Eden. And for those of us out here on the edge, after struggle to survive, it gets hard. Well, go ahead. Well, no, and it's just one of those things. When that's something that Deep Space Nine showed us that, you know, yeah, Earth is, is a paradise, 
But once you get the further you are from Earth, the less of a paradise it is. And I think it was funny, too, that a, a friend of mine, uh, he was in the panel. His name's Ezra. Uh, he's a filmmaker. He, do, he does some stuff with the Hulkster over on Radio Free Radio. He's a good dude, and he, he loves Trek more than more than most and he was bringing up that like some of the trek that people hold near and dear to their hearts like wrath of khan isn't in roddenberry's vision of star trek like it's as far the away as star trek movie there was yeah. yeah you know so it's it's interesting the way people kind of take roddenberry's vision and kind of use it for their own kind of it, they twist it at their own uh, necessity if it's you, how religions get started yeah, well, totally. it's, it's the we, problem we with all the, watch the same show. It's true. And we got something completely different from it. I mean, I, I always see it as the generalized problem with like fandom across the board and with the, the screaming voices that are the panty twisted internet, which is uh, the, everybody wants to, yeah, call back. I love you. Um, but everybody wants uh, this flat earth concept. You know, it's like, it has to be this one thing and God forbid it, it change or evolve or, or grow into something different. If it's not that one thing that they like about it, you know, these people only like the blue diamond marshmallow. <laughs> they don't want any other marshmallows, no OD pieces, just the blue diamond marshmallow. And fuck you if you don't like the blue diamond marshmallow. And the too. thing is, it's frightening to see on the interweb, on Twitter. I mean, imagine being in a, in a conference room with it. Oh, it's, I couldn't. I, Dude, I, was, I, my concern was that the door was behind them. <laughs> like I want next time I want there to be a door behind me there's a side door that we could have snuck out of I did not you see the like side door I was under the table that yes. like opens the floor and you drop down to the first level and we, run off like in, Mr. Yeah. like in Mr. Burns office yeah <laughs> <laughs> The killed guy, I mean, he even got more angry as the thing went on about like how in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, they cured death and how it's not Star Trek. And I mean, you know, I understand the beef that you have with uh, with Into the Darkness or whatever. It's, is that what it's called, Into the Darkness? Into the Darkness? Star Trek, Into Darkness. Into yeah. Darkness. Like, if you're going to do your own thing, do your own thing. Like, don't yeah. keep it so close to the source material. But I mean, like, you know, and ben, and ben brought up a good point that, like, it's hard to get it emotionally involved with these cats, you know? But, I mean, well, he, I mean, and the thing is, Anton, um, Ben agreed with him, but Ben didn't agree with him crazily enough, so he wanted to kill him. You know, it's like it's so crazy. It's, well, it's like you have, like, your, you know, you have your everyday average run-of-the-mill Muslim, but then you have the... No, I'm saying like, and then you have the extremist Muslims that want to kill the every average neighbor of the mill Muslims because they don't want to kill everybody else. Like that's what this guy was. He well, was it's like, it's the Christians too, though. It's yeah. like you're not Christian enough because you ain't blowed up no abortion clinic. <sighs> this guy was bonkers, like just ape shit. Well, it's that's the thing is when when you're having a discussion about who hates J.J. Abrams more, <laughs> I come out as the rational voice. <laughs> there should be red lights flashing. There should be like, men with straight jackets. <laughs> like, and the funny part was while this was going on, like somebody was over patting his arm, like trying to like console him. Like, it's okay, dude. Like, it's okay. Oh no, I saw whoever was with him. There were several times that she would reach over when he would start to talk and we were talking and she would yeah, yeah. she would just do the cuz he was well first cuz he was dominating the question and answer period and like he was just a maniac like i even yeah. said like hey man like i don't mind abrams that much because at least i'm getting more stories and then, no it's a cash grab it's not yeah, the vision 
dude, I was like, I'm at 308. We can go talk about it. And there were yeah. times when I was at 308 and I was bouncing around from table to table talking to people that I saw kill dude walking up and down my aisle, like looking frantically from side to side. So I'm pretty sure if he would have seen me. Did, he, did you hide behind Drew's banner? No, no, no. I was, I was sitting over at a friend's table because he had to go to the bathroom. Then I went over to oh. Drew's table and talked. So I was just bouncing around. I mean, it was late on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, was just, no, I was totally hiding behind the banner. No, yeah, because you were talking to him as we were leaving. Like, yeah. was was he as passionate to you in person? Well, see, I had another panel immediately after that, and it's like, I, I got to go to this thing, and you know, he he was, and I told him though, I agree with you. It's not, but that's how I've come to peace with it. Is it's not Star Trek? You guys know for a fact from the beginning. I've called it Space Movie 2009, mm-hmm. Space Movie 2013, and now we have the sequel, Space Movie 2016. And it looks awesome. And I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, for motorcycles it. in space. Space motorcycles. How cool! No, it's that? not a space motorcycle. It's just a, he went down to Suzuki Yamaha CRV and bought a fucking motorcycle. It's but like that wasn't on Earth. It had to be dude, in space. Idris, Idris Elba, bro. Idris Elba. Covered in makeup. Doesn't he make sense to me. Man on television, and you get him in your movie and you cover him with, with eight pounds of latex. Have you seen the cool have you seen the classic throwback poster though? That thing looks awesome. The new poster, it's so pretty. I'm gonna see it. I'll see it. What's the second Is there do they have uh, Carl Urban on it? I don't know, but I love Carl Urban. He's my favorite yeah, character. He's not. Carl Urban had to take the poster and he added himself and Sulu. And That's awesome. Check off. Listen, to be fair, every episode it just says William Shatner. Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, and that's it. And sometimes it doesn't even say DeForest Kelly. Like, it's just well, like, yeah. first season it didn't say yeah. DeForest Kelly, but he quickly stood out as the third member of the triumvirate. Yeah. That's why whenever people talk about classic Trek, you have the big three and the bottom four. Yeah. Right? And the that's because Bones is awesome. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and honestly, I've said from the beginning, though, that my favorite part of any of the Jar Jar Trek has been – Carl Urban. Oh hell yeah, he's, he's been yeah, great. He, he, man, this book. guy channels McCoy. He's got. And he he's so pretty. Watched every YouTube video of DeForest Kelly as McCoy on repeat, mm-hmm. just nonstop. See, I, I also like. Uh, I think Pine's good. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the casting in general is really good. Yeah. I'm not really crazy about Zoe Saldana, but you know. Yeah, whatever. whatever. She's a hot black chick. It's either like Hollywood works in weird ways. It would either be her or Beyonce because they can only think of like two black chicks at a time. Exactly. So it's like uh, Halle Berry's too. Halle Berry black. Yes, Halle Berry's too old. Uh, Tina Turner doesn't really do movies anymore, so I guess it's uh, that girl from that movie over there, right? Yeah, that's all we got. Yeah. The blue like, girl from Avatar. Hollywood works weird that way with with minorities, especially like you get like what. Um, T'Challa is James Brown. Um, what uh, uh, he's been James Brown. He's been Jackie Robinson. I mean, he play. I mean, anytime there's a major black part, it's like we'll get that guy. Why? Because he does all that stuff. Like, what do you mean he's black? That's the old guy. I can think of. <laughs> it's like in the '60s or the '70s. I used to watch uh, Black Sheep Squadron all the time. Which yeah, is yeah, Baba Black Sheep. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I, I love that show and. 
you've got, uh, you know, the Japanese are obviously a big part of it. I'm pretty sure I saw George Takei at least once in this. Thing. I think he's in every episode. And no, but there's the same. No, no, he's in the same episode. Actors. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, Mr. Miyagi and <laughs> Sulu's running around. That's, that's the thing. It's like it, it, you don't even have to be Japanese. You just yeah. have to be Asian. You have to be like yeah. yeah. It's like in the old Western days, you had the same you know thirty or forty you know Mexicans, Italians, and Puerto Ricans, and, <laughs> and the four uh, actual Native Americans that were in every Western. Yeah, but uh, big. It was it was crazy, man. Oh, yeah, you played ethnic roles. Yeah, like uh, I, I watched an episode of Kolchak, and they actually had. Uh, the, I don't believe that for a second. He was an Indian uh, in it, but he was the guy, uh, what's his name, uh, Richard uh, Keel, who played uh, Jaws. Ah. He was the Indian in that episode, and he had like this bad brown face on. Well, I mean, like, um, I was watching Sven Gulli one night, and uh, the guy who played Charlie Chan was like some English dude who yeah. just had squinty eyes. Like, that's it. Oh, no, they put like latex, me. Oh, oh, number one son. He yeah. had Honorable number one son. Yeah, he was just some drunk British guy. Well, yeah. What about the, you got the thing with the, the dude from Brotherhood of the Wolf who's playing like a Native American ass kicker and like, you know, French revolutionary. Then he plays the crow in the crow TV show. Yeah. And now he's the chairman on Iron Chef. It's like the, it's the same guy. Yeah. The, the cool part about it is. The, the, Somebody the, tried to tell me about the crow this weekend. And I'm like, I, I've never heard of it. What, what Crow's good stuff. It's fun. He was, like, he was like, oh, yeah, he could play Brandon Lee. I'm like, who? He's like, Bruce Lee's son. I'm like, I, like the crow. Well, I've read the comic. I haven't seen the first movie. I'm like, is it's he good. Around? It's, it's like, good. no, he died. They, you know, there was an accident. I'm like, oh, that's bad. The creator of it is, is a pretty nice dude, though. I met him yeah. a couple years ago at uh, Richmond, and he was like, I kind of expected him to be terrifying because, you know, the intensity that he brings to the book. Yeah. And he just kind of has that, like, death stare going on but he was so nice and like really just he kept calling me over and we had conversations but he was such a cool dude it blew my mind yeah people are nice that's the one thing i i highly recommend people, <laughs> people, go, are to nice. people are nice go to tidewater comic-con unless you're wearing a kilt and you have a long no, ponytail no he was no he had a long ponytail he, 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 looked, he looked like put comic book guy from the simpsons in a kilt and that was i i don't want my, <laughs> like i'm not even making it up worst panel ever i don't want to get shot while i'm i'm masturbating at the fountain in town center <laughs> And he, he sneaks up on me and what's what I do on Thursdays? And I, you know, and he like sneaks up when I I'm at the moment of how's that security clearance coming? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's it's question number seventeen. Do you do this? Yes, as long as you tell him it. <laughs> so, and that's actually a very specific question. Do you masturbate at the fountain in Town Center, Virginia Beach? You know, and you're like, yes, we all. You know, who who doesn't? <laughs> but you know, in my turn is Thursday from seven to seven to eight thirty, and then again uh, at two a.m. to three thirty. It's not like I can last that long. It's just that I have to fit it into that time. <laughs> no. But so I don't need this guy pissed off at me. But I will say I understand his passion. No, I, I get it too, man. I get. It. I I get. It. I don't want to, you know people to think he's a raging lunatic. Because, I mean, he is, but I get it. Yeah, but so am I. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand yeah. fandom. Like, I, I'm a I'm a baseball fan. I'm a comic fan. I mean, I've learned in my 
But you gotta let you gotta learn to let it go. The difference exactly. is you guys have learned to be socially acceptable yes. when you disagree with somebody. Yes, that's the thing. I've learned well, I, to kind of let things go. Like it's like, you know what, man? It's not mine. Like yeah, let's like, cut to Elsa singing, let it go. Like the Ghostbusters. Go. Like, like the Ghostbusters thing. Like I had no idea so many people were this freaking passionate about Ghostbusters. Like let it go. Like just let it go. Like your Ghostbusters VHS version that you have it in your mom's basement, it's gonna still work, and you'll still be able to enjoy Peter yeah. Venkman shocking some guy sitting in front of him for guessing the wrong flashcard image when yeah. he's really getting it right. But Venkman wants to hit on the hot chick. Like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. It's gonna work out, man. Just and I mean, like the at least the chicks they got to. And I mean that. In a disparaging way, I guess I'm just kidding. But at least the women they got to be in the Ghostbusters movie are talented and funny. Funny yeah, as so fuck. Funny, yeah, yeah, so like, just, it's not your Ghostbusters. I get it. The special effects aren't great. I get it. It's just Ghostbusters. And the thing is, like, watch Ghostbusters 2. kind of blows. Like, I'm just saying. Like, it kind of sucks. No, no, no. But see, yeah. when I look through the lens of nostalgia... I can uh, now remember that Ghostbusters 2 was way better than it actually was. No, dude. I told somebody yeah, this weekend. Don't, don't watch it again. Look. Lids of nostalgia. When it's Bobby great. Brown is the best part of your film, your movie blows. Like, seriously, Ghostbusters 2 is pretty awful. I used to love Land of the Lost on Saturday mornings <laughs> when I was a kid. Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. Something and then... It is earthquake. Ever known? Oh. They, they brought it back. Mm-hmm. Just yes. the Navy. They well, no, like the originals. They wow. they played it again on Saturday mornings just to, to fill time. And I thought maybe my younger self, I had been on mushrooms or something. I think it was <laughs> probably were. Were there drugs or alcohol involved? Because I don't know because that shit was bad. Yeah, and it ruined it for me because. Yes. I I shattered the lens of nostalgia. So there's some movies I won't watch again because of that. As long yes. as I thought it was good, it's mm-hmm. like, yep, leave it alone, keep going. Yeah, I, I just, mean, like, just let it go, man. And again, that's yeah. all you can do. Just let this stuff go. That's why I was a little concerned when we started Dork Trek doing the whole rewatch of all Star Trek. I was afraid we were going to get to something and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that really sucked. See, and that's the thing, too, with the panel, Anton. I was just like, there are some episodes of... Uh, of TNG and I love it that are just awful. And right. Like, and there was like an audible gasp when yeah, you you, you would have thought I went up to seven. I went up to every person in that room I was like your mother's a whore. Your mother's a whore. Your mother's a whore. Your mother's a whore. Line them up and slap them all. <laughs> Line them up like the three stooges. And <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I thought you were going to lose it because everybody just stopped and were just staring at you. I mean, I'm not lying. Like, well, no, as, and I had to come up with the whole, oh, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, there's some really good ones. and, and No, uh, and there are really good ones, but there yeah. are some real s- s- fucking stinkers. But isn't that, isn't that actually a mark of, like, if you love something or not, is when you can, as yeah. opposed to being, like, blindly lemming-like following something you know to your own demise or you know or do you actually have discerning taste and go hey man i love star trek some of it's awesome this is my favorite part and i love this thing here and i love this characterization and this stuff i think is kind of lame and dumb but that doesn't make me love it any less i just recognize that there are flaws in the things i love holy shit it's it's real as opposed to some idealistic nonsense like uh, i i think some of it is um maturity not like 
your maturity, but your maturity as a viewer. Okay. Right? Because I, somebody explained to me the concept of an immature reader. If you read like one genre at one level all the time and you love it, like there was a time where the majority of my reading was Star Trek novels, like the okay. Star Trek, which are non, you know, <laughs> gasp, but you know, all the pocketbooks that came out in the Star Trek series, I had read like a large number of them. And, you know, I love to read and I'd read the classics, you know, previously, but there was this, Ooh, the classics, Ooh. Well, well, you know, when I was you know, five or six, I knocked out most of Twain oh, and, and stuff. But, but anyway, when I, you know, in my teenage years that I, when I had a choice, I would read Star Trek books, but that really limited my maturity as a reader. I needed to stretch out. I needed to read some Proust. I needed to read, you know, modern tales. I needed to read other things besides this one genre and this one style. I get what you're saying. I completely as viewers, we are immature viewers. If you just focus on Star Trek and these 700 episodes, and that is the one true Trek, and that's all we can have, and you don't grow. Yeah, but I mean, to some of these people, like. You know, one of the guys who was talking about like first degree canon and say, he was saying like TNG is like second degree canon and like the stuff is like because you're bastardizing the original material. So by the time you get to Enterprise, you know, Enterprise, I mean, like it's it was just it's weird because these folks as passionate and as interested and as and as loving as they looked at Star Trek. I mean, the Roddenberry rule for Star Trek is if it's on screen. It's canon. Yeah. And these dudes were arguing that, no, this isn't even the Roddenberry vision. And like, this is stuff isn't canon. It's like, no, dude. It's, like Any, it's okay. Old Testament and New Testament. Okay, here, like here's that. the thing. Anything after Roddenberry died, right, once he stopped day-to-day production of the show. So that's what, like halfway through third season. So, all right, there you go. Nothing. You've got the first three years of original track. you got the first uh, two and a half years of TNG. That's all that's canon. Yep, that's it. Everything it else. Yeah. Right. Everything we're talking, we need to change. I'm sorry, we got to change the name. It's no longer Dork Trek. It's Dork Not Canon Trek. <laughs> but it's the entire, like the entire Wahidus, the, the spiritual bullshit of the show that we all love and we sit here and we've done two, well, I haven't been all in all 200 episodes, but I mean, there's 200 episodes of this podcast and we talk about it and we're passionate about it. The, the entire thing is, is to explore things that are new. No, no, totally. Yeah, like that's, I mean, uh, I mean, that's I love the, all of That's it. the vision. Yeah, that is the vision, is to experience new shit and learn new things. And, and It's like, I mean, I brought let up. Let me stick my finger in your butt. Well, no, I, 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 <laughs> that's not new. I brought up on, on your the, house <laughs> that, you know, it was, you watch Star Trek, you know, and there's, there's a purple monkey and there's some lasers and there's, you know, this guy in a, a leather thong. I mean, an hour later, I you're going. This episode. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch that one, yo. You go into the refrigerator, though, and you stop and you're like, war is bad. Yeah. You don't know why. It's just that, and that was, you know, they had those, those, those metaphors, those underlying messages. Racism is bad. And, you know, these different things that they would hide in there. You know, Vietnam is, is bad. You, well, you can't say that in 1967 on NBC television network. We'll but if you have the hill people suffering as the Klingons give the village people weapons, and then there's the big conflict, and now Federation has to give uh, 
you know, kill people weapons to keep that balance of, of you know, power there. That's Vietnam. I'll even go so far as to say, like, sometimes Trek with their message is very heavy handed. Whereas, like, uh, a TV show, I think a TV show that handled it way better was The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Twilight Zone was a show that was super preachy about their messaging. But sometimes, I mean, like, there are some episodes of the original series that just fucking beat you over the head with it. It's like, Ooh. all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I got it. But yeah. there were some episodes of, of Twilight Zone that were fucking preachy. Oh, no, no, totally. Like, no, I'm not saying it wasn't. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Again. You, just, you know what? You don't understand the vision, Bobby. I, don't. I can't have. I have. I can't have this conversation. This whole with you podcast anymore. is a cash grab. Oh my no, it's, it is. It's a giant. <laughs> we're just really bad at grabbing cash. You know, we're, we're like in the crystal uh, thing where they've got like the the, the tube, the wind tube, and we're and all the money's... cash, and we're just like, eh. and we're we like, have, we, have, we have dinosaur arms, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We just want those little arm extenders, so we're unstoppable. But I will say it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad that I was involved, and it was cool. Yeah. There was one lady who came up to me after the the yelling and the screaming and the bickering, and I was telling a friend about it, about what was going on, and she was like, "I was in that 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 panel, and I thought you guys did a great job. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been a Trek fan. She was an older woman. She was like, I've been watching it since it was on in like the '60s, and I was like, Wow, you look great for your age, lady." <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But she was like, I love it. It's fantastic. And I just, halfway through the panel, I wanted to stand up and go, I don't think this panel is very much in Gene Roddenberry's vision. And I told her, I said, if you would have said that, I would have fallen off the stage. Like, I just would have died because it would have been the best thing ever. Because you've got these people screaming at us about, yeah. you know, Trek not being Trek anymore. And they've ruined it. You must take our Star Trek. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you want to make a fucking Star Trek, Go make your own fucking Star Trek. You have Word on your computer. Start writing. Make your own fucking TV show. But leave it. I'm a tapping. <laughs> but anyway, um, two hundred episodes, man. Two hundred episodes. Yeah. Here we are. And you know we haven't talked about football or uh, baseball yet. No, I mean oh, we've man. just been t- we've been talking about Star we Trek comics. We did get we did go into Batman. We did talk a little big a little uh, Bill Finger. And I pulled myself back because I wanted to launch into the whole villains creation thing. Because trust me, the Joker creation and the Penguin Riddler, all of it, man, it's all there. But you can, you know you can't get me started on that. Now I, I heard now with the rebirth thing, there's like three Jokers running around. I saw that. Yeah, I'm so excited. With how does that work? Like, is it like? Like, how does that happen? I gotta. I mean, I guess I gotta go buy the book. It's eighty. Well, it's eighty pages for two ninety nine, which that's amazing. Wow. Did you see the I, thing where Superman's power is getting split into like seven people or something? Again? Well, it's not. It's not Superman anymore. He's there's like seven different people who are getting Superman's powers, or X, there's X amount of people who are getting Superman's powers. I think it's gonna go the same route as like Captain Marvel, Shazam. Uh, yeah. Where they're all going to be our powers combined to create the Superman. It's like, well, it's like Voltron, son. I think so. They, yeah. they had the Superman red and Superman blue back yeah, then. Yeah, back in the day. But then, like, the Steel got it after he died. Like, remember after Feudal for a Friend, like, his powers went into a bunch of different people. Well, no, but see, that's the thing. No, I'm saying after he came back. There was after two. he came back from the dead. Yeah, there, there was two. Were, there was Superman red and Superman blue. And here's the thing, though, is that. You know the 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 classic Superman is back, though. 
not the blue jeans and a t-shirt Superman yeah, yeah, yeah. 52, but real Superman that I grew up with is back. But he's going to die. I want to say <laughs> that I think a lot of this and a lot of the direction that the comics are going to take and a lot of the direction that DC is going to take is going to be, oh, shit, we are so sorry for the shit. Oh, yeah, totally. In these last two movies, and f- we've already started filming this Justice League thing, so please, for the love of Christ, love us again. I just, I, the whole, I, I'm not 100% on it yet. His money's been tight, so I haven't been getting comics, and that makes me sad, but hopefully I'll be able to clean my box soon. Um, but I, I've been reading some things on, on the interwebs, and they're talking about, like, they're eradicating the whole 52. Mm-hmm. And I... I loved it. Like I know some people hated it and I, I got a, I got room full of comics, man. You've seen my office. It's floor to ceiling shelves of comics upon comics upon comics. I got a comic store for my collection, you know? And I, I loved new 50. Well, at least the Batman of new 52. And the fact that it's like you, you gave me five years of what I thought was really compelling, really, you know, awesome stuff. And now it's not, it's not real. And I mean, it was never real in the first place. I mean, but it doesn't make me like, mad i guess it's you don't just, want to put a kilt on and yell i'm at not me. gonna put it well no 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 i'm not gonna put a kilt on and yell at some people in a panel for it now i did just read uh captain america man at a time mm-hmm. which i want to say was that wade that wrote that mark wade i don't remember i can't I, remember i know now he is uh all of a sudden he's a hydra agent yeah, that's the in here. Everybody today was losing their shit that Captain America said, "Hail Hydra!" And little Stevie Rogers was in Hydra. That's what you know. Back in the Depression time, when his dad was an abusive Irish drunk, and I think this is going to play its course out. And it's it's to sell comics. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he was either tricking Red Skull, or there's something going I mean, to come Superman up to died explain. at some point. But wait a minute. So if, but that means if, so Captain America was a Nazi since nineteen forty something. No. Okay, but, but doesn't that mean that uh, Red Skull is the good guy? <laughs> like, like, isn't that what was? Oh, is like Captain America's Hydra? Does that mean like Red Skull is really really bad, or is Red Skull now the good guy? I think he's really really bad. I think he's the good guy now. No, I, think, mean, I think the only good guy that appeared in captain america comics like actual good good guy falcon no sir no sir you gotta go back he is the man whose six digit phone number steve rogers carried in his pocket in case of emergency that man's franklin delano roosevelt (laughs) the last good guy in marvel comics you know that 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 roosevelt guy uh he kills werewolves and fights aliens yeah yeah man all day every day so I don't know, dude. I'm uh. He's got the Disney hydraulic legs. That's right. It's I'm a I'm a cosplay that guy right there. It's so weird that people are so mad about the first uh, uh, chapter of a multi-chapter arc. That, uh, I mean, yeah. If at the end of the arc, he's running around with a little mustache, going Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber Hydra. I mean, yeah, fine. Then be pissed off, but. <laughs> Give it a chance to go to completion, right? And you also have to know, too, that it ain't going to stay that way because they got movies to make. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and on top of all of that, like, what's to say it's not a life model decoy? I mean, we saw this dude get shot in the head, and he was dead, and it was running on CNN and Fox News and all this crap, and yeah. it was on the radio when Captain America got killed at the end of Civil War One. 
And now we're coming to the end of Civil War II, where it just ended, and now all of a sudden, I, I, I was I was in uh, Washington D.C. Oddly enough, the day that the news broke that Captain America would be dead, it was crazy. And uh, not like they stopped class. Like I was in a uh, training for a thing, and it's uh, real specific. I was in a training for a thing. Well, I I don't know if I can. Yeah, it's cool. I got. I you. believe it's, I believe the term is grocery clerk. Yeah, I was a grocery clerk at the Pentagon, and uh, they, they stopped training. And uh, for you'll have to learn how to bag those groceries on your own time, McCormick. It's like don't don't put the bread on the bottom. Don't put hands on top of the eggs. That America's been shot, McCormick. And they're like, uh, wait, hold on. There's something on the news, and like we turned on the television. Yeah, and you know, and oddly specific, it like as soon as they turned it on, it was at the part that we needed to see. I remember reading that because I bought it at Comic Kings and went to work and read it immediately. I was like, wow. Because this was even, this was before Twitter and like Facebook yeah. was kind of a new thing. So it was still like, wow, Captain America's dead. Like that was crazy. Yeah. It, it, I think, and I'm, you know, I'm a huge DC fan, but that was bigger news to me than when Superman died because I figured you can't kill Superman. Superman will come back. But this caught me so off guard with Cap dying. It was just and to be oh. fair, I mean, he was dead for. What almost two wow. years? Like it was quite yeah, a long I mean, time. He, he wasn't like Barry Allen dead. No, 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 no one's ever been Barry Allen dead in comics. But like he was dead for, I mean, two years in comics is like an eternity. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Until, I mean, until Ben Parker comes back, I mean, it's. But how do we know that Cap isn't still just dead, and this isn't a life model decoy or? A clone Cap, or a scroll. I would if love it if it was a scroll. Because, I mean, since they're retelling Marvel stories now, I mean, this could be, you know, the lead-in for Secret Wars 2 or something. And that was literally when, when I secret, saw Secret Invasion. And that's when I saw the thing on, uh, I think I saw it on Twitter, because I was in the middle of, like, just being super frustrated with a bunch of people at work today. So I was like, screw this. And I was, I was looking over Ben's uh, Facebook post because they amused me so much. And then, uh, you know, complaining about how the internet is the way the internet is. And then uh, I saw I saw the news and I read it. And I'm like, oh, so he's probably a scroll, Which would be and cool. I, and I went on with my day. Because here's, here's my theory. Steve Rogers, he's still in the fucking ice. We've yeah. Scroll, life model, decoy. All this shit has been, there's been a clone or two. All it did, wasn't, US, wasn't U.S. agent uh, a clone who went nuts? I think he's just a guy that went nuts. Or was it like, or but there was a dude who was modeled after Captain America, I guess, when Captain America was hurt. Yeah, yeah, but he he was just he was just nuts. He was a super soldier because he actually he's on Jessica Jones. Actually, Mm -hmm. it was kind of freaky because when they said his name, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the guy with the that like tattooed an American flag on his thing. But here's the here's the thing, boys and girls. You got you got an actor who's nearing the you know kind of the end of his time with uh, the marvel film company you got a franchise that's doing gangbusters i mean it's slaying and it's got disney behind it and you've got to have a way to make this pretty actor playing captain america make uh, an exit from the films without making captain america make an exit for the films so if you tell this oh my god highly publicized on social media captain america is a hydra agent and then that Hydra agent that, you know, pretty boy actor is playing in the movies turns out to be a space alien. And the real Captain America is revealed as new actor, uh, new, pretty boy actor. new pretty boy actor that can do 10 more movies. Then you no longer screw with your Disney money. 
I, I, yeah, it's, it's your it's, legacy. It's not a bad idea. It's not. Yeah. It's not bad thinking. Chris Evans will be Steve Rogers until the end, and I mean, as long as this franchise is going, they're not going to recast. Uh, yeah. Or or Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, th- now they may replace them as the character. He may step down and let Bucky take over as Captain America. He may let uh, Sam Wilson take over as Captain America, which has both of those things have happened in the comics, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a you know, yeah. What shirt am I wearing? I and I'm not a Marvel fan. You got that Target, to be fair. I, I did. <laughs> I, like Marvel. right before the show. I, I was like, oh, we're going to talk about comics today. And time was a man you Captain America stood for. <laughs> like, um, up and down the Mississippi. I, was argue- I wasn't arguing, but I was telling a friend of mine that the Marvel f- uh, Cinematic Universe is built on the broad shoulders of Robert Downey Jr. Yes. And he deserves every uh, ounce of yeah. praise and dimes and nickels and bags of cash that they can give him because, yeah. I mean, it's all him. And these guys, though, have really taken to the characters, though. Yeah. I mean, I, when you got you Star Wars and Captain can't. America making, yeah. you know, Super Bowl bets. Yeah. Yeah. Hot love. Oh, God. But, uh, Kiss me, Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, Cap's the top. Yeah. But, um, you know, you think? shows up at, oh, yeah. And who's, uh, come on, Star Lord? He's taking bitch, but I mean, who's going to whose children's hospital? I'd see him as a power bottom. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's going to be good at it, but he, he's definitely a bottom. Okay. I mean, he can take the cock though. I mean, that this. <laughs> I mean, you know, and he he used to be kind of pudgy, so he, he's going to work for it. But that's a very fair point. It's one of those things where these guys are. I, I saw the video. I was in tears. Yeah. There's a little kid with the amputated arm. Yes. And this company does like these 3D printing of, of prosthetic arms that actually like are attenuated and, and move and shit like That's Bobby Man, Steve Austin. And they have fucking Tony, da- uh, Robert Downey Jr. He almost said Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah. Tony Danza. Yeah, Tony Danza. All right, let's. Uh, hey, let's uh, uh, I'm an Iron Man here. I drive a taxi and uh, put an armor. Uh, and I think that's, that's that's the one area where DC and uh, uh, Warner Brothers as a whole is just lacking. Like they don't do any of that stuff. Like the like the publicity stuff, the PR stuff. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is great. I can watch that guy do anything. Like and I, I love, though, where the whole thing is like, oh, Superman had to be dark and gritty because, th- you know, these old-fashioned values and this right and wrong in America, you know, and truth, justice, that doesn't sell anymore. Nobody wants a big blue boy scout that, you Except know. Except for Captain America. Yeah, yeah there's that. <laughs> now, whoops. Yeah. Like that's literally exactly Captain America and Superman, they should be arguing about who's who's the gooder one. I mean and it's who is it, more America. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Piss me off. Oh, right, the down. only person I hate more than Jar Jar Abrams right now is Zack Snyder. Well they pulled him off the understand. movies. He does not understand the character at well, all. It's weird though, because Jeff Johns don't know shit about making movies. And like well, he's in charge now. I can't even know. I don't even know if Jeff Johns is going to write a good Batman. Like, he's been, hey, he's been in charge of the TV uh, stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's good at the Flash. He's good at. Uh, I just don't know about the Batman. I don't. I think Batman may be out of his reach. Well, that's why he's got Ben Affleck though as a co-producer. Yeah, I just don't know, man. I don't think he. I, I think some of the Batman best parts- is all the Jeff Johns stuff that I've read. 
Uh, and it's not a ton, but I read a lot of that Green uh, Green Lantern run. I read Darkest Night. The one thing that the one character he has the most trouble with in the DCU to me is Batman. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I mean, I don't know. So I mean, my, have you seen Have you seen War, like Justice League War or Flashpoint? <laughs> See, those were both really good, and you know how hard of a critic I am on the DC animated universe. Like, if shit ain't good, I'm gonna tell you ain't good. Flashpoint was tremendous. Yeah, they they were. I mean, they and they. Uh, basically all the DC animated movies if Batman's yes. in it, Batman movies. Um, it, I don't care if you put Justice League on at the beginning or not. The, the plot is Batman being Batman because he's the analog for us as humans interacting with gods. Um, and and Paradox, uh, Flashpoint Paradox was fantastic. Um, Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne's incarnations in that. And then Justice League War, uh, his interactions with Green Lantern were some of the most cleverly written, um, I think, Batman dialogue in on screen. Like okay. he, did a, he did a really good job with it. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like Arrow. I know that's probably a faux pas. I know a lot no, of people. Don't no. do anything for me. The best writers on Arrow now write for Flash. Yeah. See, I, I think Flash is funny. Uh, not a huge fan of Arrow, um, but I I also love anything with a grill in it. You got a monkey. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I think I, I I trust him more than I do Snyder. Yeah. Um, he, at least he knows what the comic is supposed to be about. Yeah, and I don't have to get my ending of Watchmen changed. Yeah. So, and I've, that's always been my bone with that dude. He lost me. He lost me when he did that and the yeah. Owl movie. You know? We'll have to talk after the show, but... I've I've got some rumors about uh, DC Rebirth. I think we've diverged from uh, the track a little. Track. I'm gonna yeah. go get. I'll go get it at the shop because I want to read it anyway. I want to check it out. Yeah, I, 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 I do heard too. A theory about who the big bad guy is, and it's gonna blow your fucking mind. Well, just say it. Who it is? I, I can't. Why not? Okay, I'll give you this hint. Big Blue Wang. Do- the Doctor. That was a hint. That that was not a hint. That was just telling us who it was. That's crazy. You think Doctor Manhattan? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's, that's who else would it be? That's going the rumor. Yeah. So does that mean that his creation of a multiverse when he creates when he went to Mars and made it's, it's just a rumor. I have no other details. Interesting. It's just an opportunity for. Do you think they would take Doctor Manhattan and put him directly in DC continuity like that? Well, they would have to put them all into DC continuity, but that would actually make sense because you were playing with a multiple a multiple universe paradigm. Then the, Manhattan has the ability to create multiple universes or at least fractured universes, so all of it could be a glimmer in a mind's eye, kind of like with um with the onslaught thing with uh, Franklin Richardson's Red Ball at the end of Onslaught, all of Marvel Universe is inside the pocket dimension. Um, that, that might work. As much as that would be weird, that might work because then you could have Batman. Batman could be trying to solve who killed the comedian. Oh, that's... that's well, the comedian's uh, bloody button showed up at the Batcave. In, in what's it called? In, in Rebirth? Yeah. No. no. Yeah. I'm Googling that right now. Yeah, me too. Are you? You <laughs> might be full of shit. I... So, so while you guys are Googling, I'm one of the things that came up in today's thing of what would you like to see on the 200th episode? Been doing more Southern stuff and more Mark Twain. 
So, so go, you've all been waiting for. So I decided. Holy shit! Take I'm, it I'm seeing it right here. Yeah, I guess. yeah, take I see it, it right here. Not to have any spoilers anymore. I just made some shit up about a a naked blue man, and suddenly Bob and Anton got erections. <laughs> what happened? I, I mean, it's an interesting theory. It's, and it would go. I hate to say. Could it? Could all that be like a big Mia Copa to? <laughs> it could be to your man. Uh, see, my thing is, I think uh, the universe is tired of Zack Snyder's bullshit, and they want people to come to that movie of theirs. And they said, "We're so sorry. We're so sorry that we didn't make a billion dollars in two weeks like Captain America did, because it held true to the characters." There's bean juice on that smiley face, dude. That shit's killing me. You've blown my mind. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Buy the book. <laughs> oh, of course. It's just kind of we. I mean, like, because wow. so many people are so anti. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I love how you two are just completely like, what the shock? <laughs> Kennedy just got shot on screen. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> it's like we're watching the Spruder Dapes happen in front of us. Um. That's awesome. Just kind of think, I mean, I only saw one story come up and I can't get it to go any further than two. Like they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can. Man, if they play with, yeah, what's up? I can't find anything more than that. It'd be kind of weird, I guess. I mean, it just seems like. I'm seeing multiple images of it. And it's. I mean, could this play with Flashpoint Paradox too, man? I mean, does oh, this yeah, that, coming into play? Because then could Wally be back? Like, I I don't want to talk anymore about that because uh, okay, no, that's fine, that's fine. That's, that's something that is addressed, and we should probably. I don't want to ruin things that I. I'll go get it tomorrow and check. Yeah, it. yeah, definitely. It's just one of those. But yeah, Flashpoint Paradox is mentioned. Nice. Well, all the Speed Force stuff I've always loved because I was a big fan of Humberto Ramos. He kind of got me into like superhero books for DC, uh, you know, other than Green Lantern because he wrote Impulse. And I, I liked Impulse because I was able to relate to, I mean, I can't run, but I was able to relate to a kind of uh, teen, preteen mentality, you know, in that kind of jokey dealing with that manner. And I, I loved that. Um, that really helped me kind of, uh, I don't know, it was, it was a nice book for me. I really enjoyed it. So I've always kind of been down with the speed force and jay garrick and wally and all those guys like i love the speed force shit. i mean because it's that's magic like you know that's that's part of the whole bonding mysticism of the dcu um that's always been a really cool thing that's awesome man that's cool uh, you know i don't miss, like alan moore is such a controversial figure it's weird that What's they the- it's weird that they would use their whole like line to kind of they would restart their whole line with his kind of kind of ideas because he, you know they just wiped out the whole idea of killing joke. Yeah, like that was all just like a weird flashback or a dream that she had, and none of that was real. So I mean, it would be weird to me to go back into kind of Alan Moore's. Oh wow! You know what I mean? I don't know. That's weird. I just realized something that would actually make all of that make sense. If it was all just 
Shatterverse, if you will? Like, um, actually, no. I think there's a. I mean, I was looking at the Rebirth cover, and looking at the Rebirth cover, there's actually a huge tell right in it. Yeah, and, and I, I never even until well, Ben. Let me see it. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm share screen right now. Jenny's compl- Jenny's completely checked out. Which is until awesome. Ben said something, I never even thought about it. But look, look, look at this right here. That's definitely the right skin tone right there. And that's the cover of reaching for that hand. It's just so weird that like it would all be Dr. Manhattan after, you know what I mean? That's insane. If that's what it takes to get my original universe back, I, I'll take it. Wow. And that's then crazy. Everybody watches Flash um, this season. All right. Well, there you go. Right. I mean, that's really cool, though. Oh, Jenny has emotionally checked out. She's on her phone. She, um, she likes uh, Star Trek, and uh, <laughs> she, she tunes in to uh, hear Star Trek and, and my southern accent. I like Star Trek and your southern accent. I like Well, I haven't even talked about uh, the engineering situation on this bitch. After 200, <laughs> y'all need to like get your XMLs straightened out or something. Hey, man, we do a good job every week updating on the same every Thursday for like the past couple months. The episode's been there, so if you don't like it, you can suck my balls, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> uh, if you have the, the, the iTunes link, it don't, it's something except for the page. It's it's not going to the uh, Dork Trick page. That's because I don't physically put it there. Oh, because I... I have to go I, there and do it myself. Okay, because I put an automatic update... <laughs> on the RE Comics uh, podcast oh, thing. Okay. So if people wanted to go there, because I had a couple people who used to listen on the web. They they on the interwebs? Like, Did you go stop updating? I'm like, no, it's on iTunes. I guess, I, can, I guess I'll just look for it then, no big deal. You know, I mean, I can I can send you the stuff to. to I'm not messing with I'm not messing with the XML man. Like I've got that thing down. No, no, no. no. This is just uh, you can put like a plugin on your page, and plug in your butt. <laughs> yeah. But then after you do that, you just put in like this the the RSS feed for the the feed, mm-hmm. and put it into into the page, and then it just automatically. Updates in your butt. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I hope we continue doing this podcast for a long time. So we've got like, what is it? This is 200. We've done 100 and something episodes of TNG. This is, I, I believe we're on 10 episodes of, uh, of yeah, the, next week we'll review episode 11. So we've got 400 episodes of Star Trek. 400 episodes. Not bad. Eight. And then, you know, Trek 2017 will start its run, uh, do its seven years, get canceled, and then the sequel to that will come out. Like, you know, hopefully they'll do it BBC style, where it'll only be 13 episodes a season because you can make a lot more impactful television that way. Mm. You, can, you can, we won't have the Rape Ghost episode because they'll just be like, oh, this episode blows my asshole apart. Let's just do something else. But I want the asshole blowing episode. No, you don't. You gotta. That's part of Trek. That's part of the vision. Not anymore. It's not the vision. I don't want the vision. I want. And, sure. and nobody will argue, and we'll all love each other. Shut up! I will fucking murder you. <laughs> no, take off the kill, Bobby. I will kill your fucking face. Just your face, though. The rest of you. Will I, be I, fine. Don't, 
I'm, he's a very large man and I'm scared of him, Bobby. And he will come to my house or even worse next year at Tidewater Comic Con. He's like, I heard what you said on that goddamn uh, podcast. I mean, he's, he seemed like a nice fellow. He, he was when I talked to him after the show. He was very passionate. Yeah, but you got to check some shit, man. Like, yeah. it's a fucking TV show, bro. It's, it's like at the, Star- day, at the end of the day, you're watching a bunch of fucking men in makeup. <laughs> like, Play make believe. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but it's something I've I've I get out my face. I understand the pain that he feels. I understand the pain too, man. We all but love. At things. the same time, it's like Jar Jar Abrams like started a hand job with him and then got like right almost to finish and then went, oh yeah, I've got to go left and the yeah, guy's I'm gonna like, go, I'm gonna go make Jar- a move. I'm gonna go uh, uh, gross a billion dollars at the box office. I'll be back. There's nothing wrong with edging. It builds anticipation. I will say this, though. Uh, the one point that somebody did make is that J.J. Uh, Abrams likes to play on familiarity. Like, that's his thing. Like, he likes to stay. Hope So hopefully this will be, like, a completely new Trek movie as opposed to, like, you know, this will be the whale one. What if this is the whale one? No, this is, this is, the, <laughs> this is the one where they blow up the Enterprise, and then the next one will be the whale one. So you're saying this will be Star Trek three then? This yes. will be this will be the Genesis project. Yes, this will be you know they they have to blow up the Enterprise in this one. That's the thing is one of the main characters has to die in the second one. Yo, mama. Uh, the Enterprise has to blow up in the third one. The uh, whales have to be in the uh, fourth one. I don't want there to be a fifth one, but then there won't we'll skip be. the fifth one. To be the fair, there to, to be fair, they probably won't make a fourth one if the third one doesn't do gangbusters. And that's the thing I don't understand. Like, why have an advertising budget in these day and age? Like, with the internet's and the YouTube's and the video machines and all that stuff. Like, do you even need to stick commercials? on the Super Bowl. Like everybody knows these fucking movies are coming out. Like why spend $250 million in advertising? It's just dumb. If you want to advertise a Star Trek movie, right? All you have to do is have one kid that does social media, right? And then you start the rumor that in the next Star Trek movie, Kirk and Spock make out (laughs) and people will do nothing but watch your movie. Why would they watch that when they could read Tumblr? Hey, uh, yeah, they can do read the erotic fiction. Hey, uh, guess what, man? I heard, uh, I heard Spock's a Hydra agent. <laughs> the internet will just lose their shit. <laughs> and, and I hear they, uh, they kill Kirk, <laughs> Dr. Kirk, and then four different Kirks come back. And then Dr. Manhattan makes all of it. <laughs> no, that's the thing is Dr. McCoy is actually Dr. Manhattan, and this has all been a dream. That's he wears blue. Yes, and he's got a huge penis. <laughs> because he's from Georgia, and everybody from Georgia has a huge penis. <laughs> I've never met a man from Georgia, so I might have to. Fi- I might have to. Next time I drive through the south, I'll be whistling Dixie. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, man. Like, why spend two hundred fifty million dollars on advertising? Everybody knows these movies are so coming. You don't have to pay the actors. Everybody who gets a percentage on points, it's just like, yeah, we didn't make a profit. Sorry, God. You made a billion dollars. Yeah, no profits. The advertising budget just ate that up. Oh. I don't know, man. It just seems stupid to me. Like, in, in this day and age, like, 
Well, we're paying a billion dollars for the presidency. We can at least pay a billion dollars for, or half a billion for. Uh, Ooh, but I mean, if the movie doesn't do well, they're not going to be. There's not going to be a fourth one, so you better go see it. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, will I, boycott. I will boycott that movie. You will do it. Please, no, please boycott it. I hate him, but I'm still going to go because I have. My thing is, I cannot hate something if I didn't see it. It's the whole point, man. You got to go. This could be the movie that that changes mind. I'm like, oh my god. I saw the face of God, and and Gene Roddenberry gave me a rim job, and now I love Jar Jar. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hate it. I've seen it ten times. I can't stand it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. So it can I, happen. I love each and every one of you people. We love you too. Thank even you the, even the ones that aren't here. So this was episode two hundred. Next week we'll get back to reviewing things. And um, all is right in the Star Trek world. So we'll talk to you guys. When does the movie come out? I don't really know. All right. Well, we'll find we'll find that out eventually. Yeah. When it comes out, I guess I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the commercial. I guess it's two hundred fifty million dollars of advertising not working. What a waste. <laughs> so we'll see you guys later, dudes. Dudes. Hail Hydra. Hydra. <gasps>